by Riverside. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we are back and we are a mixed bag of people on this podcast. Let me tell you, it has been a minute since we last did the, the episode a few weeks back, but we are back live. We've got my main man, Rads. He's back from his little vacation. What's happening there, Rads? And of course, Wade back as well. As a gents, it has been a minute. They must have missed me a little bit, huh? <laughs> He was, yep, uh, he was like waiting for United to stock up a few wins so he could I come I can't come here after we get dropped by Man City. You know, like we concede six. So I have to take a, I have to say, hold it, pause there, pause. Look, he did, he, did, he did come up with something last week to make sure he wasn't available for that, uh, that episode, that's for sure, <laughs> which is quite interesting. But uh, plenty happening in the world of football, guys. I guess... Uh, yeah, I guess, where do we even start? Obviously, this last weekend's results, really interesting for some, enjoyable for others, painful for the rest. Um, of course, Arsenal probably with the the statements of the weekend and maybe of the season they weighed, and we'll dive into that in probably our second segment. We'll get into that Liverpool-Arsenal game and, and really try and understand what, 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 what worked, what didn't work, and where it all went right. But uh, Rudz, your boys with a, a 2-1 win away from Everton, hard fought. Seems to be moving in the right direction after the loss to, should I say, the shellacking from, from City the week before. But positive signs? Yeah, look, I think even at the City game, it was hard for United Sports to say to anybody we thought we were going to win that. You know, you know, even if, if we had got a draw in that game, I'd be say fantastic. But you don't expect to, to get six. But City just looked like... To be honest, bro, they look like they can hit anyone like that. So, you know, let's let's see how that goes. But then United responded well. That first half against Everton is probably the best half we've played this year. So, you know, really dominant with the ball. I know we conceded first, but came straight back into the game. Had a hell of a lot of possession, hell of a lot of chances, looked good. So, um, you know, good good response. I actually, I was worried about that game. I thought we could drop points. You know, you're coming from a very long trip in Europe. I think the longest trip we've ever made, um, playing in Cyprus, coming back. So I, I I thought that this is probably one that we could probably drop points and then the pressure mounts after the loss to City. So, you know, props to him. I think uh, Casemiro got his first start and he looked very good. A couple of, couple of sloppy passes, but as he grew into the game, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a class player. So he was really good. And Ronaldo getting his 700 career goals. So, you know, good good weekend for us. I was actually thinking this was going to be a bit of a banana skin for you guys as well because... As much as, we, as we've been giving it to Frank all season, or at the beginning of the season anyway, he's actually quietly put together a decent run, you know. Yeah. Um, I saw that they had only conceded seven goals, like they had the, the, the best defensive record in the league, which I was surprised about. Yeah. So They were undefeated like, in the last seven games as well. So, yeah. You know, so so. There were, it wasn't an easy game at all. And then, of course, he will be scores like a worldie in the first you know, five minutes, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, we that go." That guy, that guy, never scores. <laughs> never yeah. scores. Yeah. And there's no like, he, yeah. it, was, it was a worldly, bro. It was like, how's how's he Wobi? Normally, I'm expecting you always hit row Z, bro. And I just I was putting it in top pins. I'm like, yes, it has to be against United. But you know, the fourth back, and it, and yeah, I take the win. I take it. I think um, 
Yeah, what's interesting about Frank, and I guess that's what we often spoke about, is, is can he change? Because at, 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 at Chelsea, it kind of looked like a, a one, one-string one tune. You know, attack and let's go and it's open and enjoy. And But in fairness to him, you know, he's probably proved a few of us maybe not fully wrong, but he's certainly adapted to a style that now seems to be working for Everton and getting results. So you certainly can't argue with that. He is showing some flexibility in his management. Um, yeah, I think I think the expectations are very low for Everton fans anyway. I yeah. think they, they d- didn't rate the team. They knew, you know, they were in trouble. They had to sell players, this and that. You know, they, you know, Calvin Lewin's been out for a long time. So for him, I think it's very easy for him to overachieve. You know, but you know, I think, I, still, I think what he's done really well though. To change a style, but it is. I think what he's done really well though, Rods, is he changed that defense like Keane. And Godfrey and those guys that they had last year, that they were championship level at best. So to yeah. bring in Tarkowski and Cody, those are two astute signings. At least you know what you're going to get yeah. from those guys every week is at least a seven out of ten. They're those grafters. Yeah. They're going to be diving. They're going to be putting their bodies on the line. It's not going to be pretty, but you're going to get that consistent performance Effective. from them. So yeah. I, I think Everybody's that was really at, savvy. Um, Everybody's looking at Wolves and saying, how can I let Cody go? Because they're hustling in the back too. Yeah. Ruben Neves had to play centre-back last week, you know, and, and they've got they've got the soul, like, what the hell is going on? He's in the England team as well, like, you know, how, yeah. how can they let him go? So, um, yeah, that is a call by, by Frank. So, he has done well. Motsarkowski and Cody, that's a that's a pretty good back, you know, back line. And then you add Coleman on the one side as an experience. He gives everything, you know, he's not he's not your top-tier player, but he's a Premier League quality. He's not a championship-quality yeah. player. And yeah. then uh, that Maya Lenko, Guy looks pretty good as well. Onana, like Onana's a really good signing as well. I, I, I spoke about him <laughs> yeah. on the pod last time. He was a yeah, player that we were looking looks, at. So, and I was like, wow, player. this kid he looks, looks like he's, he's something. He's something good. He'll end up at a bigger club, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. But he looks like an astute signing. Really, really good player. He's big. He's good on the ball. He wins everything. He's, he's got he everything. A tough tackler. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I'd probably say is finishing in there. You know, there's a few times he got on the end of a header um, yeah. because he's, he's a big boy, man, and he got a good leap. Um, just didn't have quite the accuracy. So it's a couple of things for him to improve on. But yeah, yeah he looks he looks a, a good player. He's uh, the, a, a lot of the uh, the guys that were watching him in the French League last year, from what I was reading, they were sort of comparing him to Chumeni, who ended up at um, Real Madrid. He's in that kind of mold, you know? Yeah. So, you know, if that's anything to go by, yeah, he could prove to be a really good signing for them. Yeah, yeah look, I want, to, I want to shift gears to talk about a particular player now that's obviously not only lit up the Premier League, but he's burning the whole place down, to be fair, with the number of goals he's, he's currently scoring. And, you know, I'm trying to liken it to the season where Salah came in that first year and kind of blitzed the league and scored 40 40-odd goals, I think, in all competitions and uh, might have been in the late 30s. I, I think he set the record for the most goals in the Premier League. But Lord help us all, this guy this guy is the... I'm sick of actually seeing his name on the score sheet, to be honest. Every time I wake up and I look, I'm like, has someone taken him out? Because that'll be nice for the rest of us. Erling Haaland. Oh, my goodness. Did we expect this level so quickly? I mean, we spoke about it after the Community Shield and we all kind of agreed, look, it might take a, a little bit. I think when I said a little bit, I meant at least a few months. I think it took him about a week <laughs> and he started scoring goals. The guy scored three. I can't even begin to understand the numbers. It's like three back-to-back hat-tricks. 
he scored three. Uh, there was a, there was a few statistics going around showing all the the great name players and how long they had kind Close of taken to three to hat-tricks. three hat tricks. Mm. He took eight games. Mm. Guys, what what are we actually witnessing here, Wade? Wasn't it you that said he wouldn't really make a difference at City, though, Connell? I remember when he first no, joined. No, I didn't you say were... that. No, no, no. Don't paraphrase. Don't paraphrase. I, I, think, I think the... Uh, what was the, the argument, Rats? You'd remember my, my it. Argument, my the argument was... was oh, hang on. Hang on. My argument was very clear. I said, <laughs> I don't think... That was no, no, no. I didn't say that. I, I did. No, no, I didn't. No, hang on. This is what I said. <laughs> I, I argued with you that they don't necessarily go from scoring 150 goals with, without Haaland to now scoring you know, closer to whatever, 170, 200 goals. I said what he will do is score the bulk of the goals that they already scored. And he will be that difference maker in the games that actually matter. To me, City were always whacking teams left, right and center. I just think yeah, he's I think the so- difference maker now. Mm. Yeah, I think City were whacking teams in terms of the way they played and dominating. But sometimes they find it hard to score goals. You know, sometimes yeah. they found it that, you know, teams could hold out for them and then, like, you know, it became tough. Now they just creaming past these teams. Yeah. You know, because... But hang on, they've drawn two games along the way. Yeah, it's no, not like City I, I, I have know, won they every have... single game. So they're not, they are infallible. They, they've drawn, the they've the drawn some tough games and that's, and that's fine. But I'm saying in terms of um, where they're at, they're, they're normally very slow starters in general. You know, so for them... This is this is still them starting starting slow, and and you know when you see them scoring these goals, you look at this, the way they're playing. Defenders are trying to block Haaland and mark him and do whatever, and then it just opens up gaps for everyone mm. else. And then all of a sudden, Phil Foden's coming into this game, and Phil Foden's looking like he's he's a world beater because he's getting so much space in behind the lines. Um, you know, KDB is just picking passes. You got Cancelo, that's really a baller playing in a in, in, in that left back position as well. You know, all over that park, they're just jelling. I think for you know, as much as they, they have so who they draw against? Did they draw against Spurs? They draw against Aston Villa who are poor to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't no, remember the that first, game. The first game wasn't even a big team. In fact, the two games that they've drawn haven't even been against anyone, you know, kind of you'd consider them dropping points against. But one of them was obviously Aston Villa, which they drew away from home. And the other one was Newcastle away Newcastle. from home as well. Mm. Yeah. And so to Newcastle, be fair, they were losing that Newcastle game 3-1. And quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. I mean, United yeah. got Newcastle this weekend, and I'm scared of that game because you know, Newcastle, another team that are in form. You know, they, yeah. they play, they're playing well. They've got... They've got their crowd behind them. Um, you know, that things seem to be clicking for Eddie Howe. But Haaland is... I think the way I I looked at Haaland, I said... this is Surely people will eventually work him out. Like, I'm not saying he won't score goals. I'm not saying he won't score goals. But yeah. he cannot be maintaining this level for the next well, three, four, five I years. I, I, I said in the beginning, I think Haaland is, you know, balanced to all quality. Because I think we were yeah. comparing Nunes. And I said from that side, I said... He's on a different level. He's on a he is on a different level. Tim and Mbappe are, are, are the yeah. two next up. You yeah, think? I think you. I think you raise a very good point, Rads, and that's the thing. It's um, it's because he's attracting players now. That's opening up so much space. So even if he has off days, now you got these other guys who have more time getting into this these positions where they can start scoring goals. So as long as they can finish their chances, like Foden is at the moment. Yeah. It's going to be worrying for anyone because he doesn't even really need to be on song. He's still impacting the game 
just with these presents. And that's what they didn't have last year. They didn't have that focal point. So no you could kind of sit yeah. deep and make them work hard to really find those spaces. Yeah. But now you don't really need to worry about that because you can even see defenders are bang of him already. Like they're backing off yeah. him. And then it's like, you know, you know when you can see when they get bro. baffled, they're like, hey, what do you do here? Do we come? Do we do we go you tight? Do we drop deep? And, yeah, exactly. So... Yeah. You got defenses in two minds already, and 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 they didn't have that last year. Last year, teams could sit in deep and make it tough, but, but you know now with that way? X factor, yeah. You look at the soul, bro. And he's scoring all his goals. He score, your score, how can have ten touches in the game? It's ridiculous. He's a yeah, he's not even really nuts. And then yeah. and then they, then they ask him afterwards, and he's like, "I don't care if I if I touch the ball five times and have five goals, and I've done my job. That's what mm. I'm here to do." I think I think the um, difference here to your point too. Pep to be more involved. To your difference, way to your point, I don't even think Pep probably even cares if the man scoring that many goals. I think the I, difference I for City, him. though, that's what he wants. Just stay up there, just to score. Because yeah. I reckon exactly to your point. One thing I will agree on with the whole Haaland signing is that because City basically give, when you think about it, I remember Sterling and all these goals. They'd be in the six-yard box, kind of tapping goals in. Yeah, this old to me isn't scoring any worldy goals yeah, by any stretch of the imagination. He is scoring from half a yard out. Mm. But he's he's there, and yeah. that is the difference. I think if they even had a player potentially like you know a, a finisher, who I think is also of the top and highest level, is Harry Kane. I think he'd be he'd be getting almost just as many goals because of the way City play. So having that focal point nine like Haaland, yeah. who I think is even more. You see, with 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 Kane, the difference with him, I suppose, is he drops in and kind of gets involved in the play. With Haaland, he is just a. Oh my lord, man! This guy's just in the right place to finish off the exact moves. His movement is incredible. He's got the runs he makes, the timing of his runs, those things as he intangible. Just needs to He's be just there. got that knack. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone talks about him, and the words you everyone you just hear all the time: beast, machine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, Cyborg. animal. That's how these houses are comparing as well, bro. Yeah. Well, he looks like bloody something from from uh, the Terminator. To be fair, so he looks yeah. like it. He plays like it, and he's producing the you know ridiculous numbers. I mean, let's be honest. It's eight. Well, how many games are we in here? Nine games. He has fifteen goals at this trajectory. You know, if you just multiply that by what's that? Three. Sorry, the man's on course to get. I don't want to he post. He's going to get past 50 goals in the league. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's got to stop somewhere, I hope. But I just don't see it with the way that City play and the fact that he's there. The only way this stops is if he gets injured, to be fair. I think so. I think yeah. so. He has had and some then, injury problems at Dortmund. You know, he if did, that happens, yeah. If that happens, yeah, then let's see. I think the one thing he got in his favor, there's a lot of games now, but then he's not going to the World Cup. So oh, he, he isn't. Gets body right, oh, yeah, of course. Recover, yeah. You know, and you'd be hoping the same for Salah. Salah's not going to the World Cup. You know, he hasn't started the season great. So you think there's someone who, when they come back from the World Cup, can be firing. You know, it'll be those kind of players you'd be watching for when when the season kicks off again. I'll tell you one thing that having Haaland is doing. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne's numbers are going to be absolutely through the roof, given the fact that all he has to do is pass to the big man and it's a goal. So his numbers are we capitulating. We Cancelo's assist to him a few weeks ago. Last week, KDB did an assist oh, to, to him. Oh, ball. God, bro. Wow. That was... Bro, that Football was... Football porn. That yeah. was. That was. That Man. was exquisite. 
You always you always uh, marvel at those balls where you're not playing it to the guy. You're putting it in the space. So it's you're preempting yeah. exactly yeah. where he's going to end up at exactly the right the moment. Defenders, and you're just yeah. putting it right there. It was just like it's nah, a thing of beauty, man. I really honestly. like that. I think he's been like the best Premier League player for you know the last few years. He just hasn't kept up. I was that stat, though, that he's never won a player of the month. I was shocked. Did you see yeah, that? Kevin De Bruyne never won a player yeah, of the month. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's yeah, but but you, you, normally the guys that win it are the guys that are scoring goals. It's very oh, it's very yeah. weighted to whoever's scoring. I mean, but he's so impactful in games. Yeah. You would have just thought like, wow, no, this guy's been the standout def- player. I've seen defenders win it. I've seen goalkeepers win it. For yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, I'm surely not he should have racked once. up a couple at least by now. Hmm. Yeah, so very that was, that strange was given crazy. his levels he produces. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I did want to shift gear, and that brings us to the end of, I guess, of our first segment, ladies and gentlemen. But we did want to have a big focus on, of course, what was uh, the game of the weekend for many reasons. Of course, it was the the baptism of fire, I suppose, the 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 coming the coming of age. I don't know what you want to call it, but it certainly was probably Arsenal's biggest test to date, given you know the history of the last five years, the fact that they were taking on. Um, what has been considered the top, two, one of the top two teams in England, if not the world, for the last few years, regardless of Liverpool's current plights and the form that they're in, and and Wade, you know, I'll be the first to say it. That's an that is a team, that is a that is a proper team. I haven't watched Arsenal fully enough to fully in, engage and understand where they're at in their process, but Rudd's be under no illusion if you think United are anywhere near that that Arsenal team is a proper... I have not seen an Arsenal team like that since probably the, the heights of, of Arsene Wenger days. Right now, the confidence that is flowing through that team is clear to see. Um, and I just... I was... It wasn't a perfect performance for Arsenal, but what the things I loved about the performance... Well, I say loved. What I can appreciate about the performance from Arsenal was the bravery, the fearlessness... The, the sheer audacity to take the game to a team that you have not scored a goal against in six games and you have not beaten in the league since 2013 and basically go toe-to-toe. I remember when Arsenal have gone to toe-to-toe in the past and we've completely annihilated them because they crumble. This was not the case. And yes, we are in a fragile state, but I wanted to give kudos to your team and, and just ask your opinion on how you thought the game unfolded Obviously, taking also into account the North London derby and the win there, um, things are really looking looking good for you, boys. Yeah, I think this one was um, a bit of a, a bit of a mental barrier that we had to get through because, and you could actually see that in the game. I thought we we obviously came out on fire. We scored early, but then oh. you saw the respect that we showed you guys because we almost said, "All right, we're going to sit back now." We almost rested on our laurels, and we gave you guys a lot of the ball. You know, did, so yeah. that wasn't that wasn't really good to see. I was hoping we kept it up because the crowd was rocking. Um, you know, we were we were going well. So it was a little bit disappointing there, but I thought second off we played really, really well. Um we imposed ourselves on the game. Uh, you know, we get the penalty to go on and and win it. And I, I think deservedly so in the end, especially considering how we played we'll in the get second on to off. That penalty. Um yeah, I'm sure we will. Um <laughs> but now look overall, like for me this game, whether we, yes, it's it's good in terms of the mental aspect, like I said, and I guess time will tell if we've now 
broken down that barrier. I still, I, I, I tend to shy away from putting too much on one game throughout the course of a season. I think it's, 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 there's always these games that are like, this is it. This is the test. This is this and this is that. It's a big, I think it's a big moment in the season because it gives us confidence. But if we go to Ellen Road next week and we drop points, it's like, we need to back it up now. You know what I mean? We need to go in and take care of those teams. But it was a, it was a big mental barrier definitely for us. Um, and we played well. And like you said, the team is gelling. Arteta's got his way of playing now. I even heard some people saying, oh, maybe we should play three at the back against Spurs, you know, to sort of nullify the, the counter-attack of Son. And he said, nah, we're coming. We're going to press high. We're going to, our centre-backs are going to stay on the halfway line. We're going to play in their half. And he's doing that now. And you can see everyone's playing confidently. Like people like Granit Xhaka, who were completely written off. He looks like a completely different player these days, you know? Completely. Reborn. Um, and then you've also got the depth as well now. You know, we were... Tierney, uh, Zinchenko was injured. And Tierney didn't even start this game. If you had to tell me that last season that Tierney's out, it would have been a big problem. But what does he do? He slots Tomiyasu in. And it, that was a masterstroke because... Salah was completely anonymous. I don't remember him ever having a quieter game for Liverpool. Like, see, you know, I don't even know he was there, bro, until he got subbed off. Like, he was that quiet. So that was a really good stroke from Arteta. And uh, things are going well, man. There's a good balance throughout the spine of the team. So it's a good moment. But, you know, I came into the season saying that we're going to finish third. I was pretty confident. I was pretty boisterous about that. So... Hasn't really changed much for me. I still, I still don't think we're at City's level in terms of winning the league, but I think a top three finish now has to be looking likely. I'll get to. Uh, I'll got a couple of questions for you, Rads. There's obviously the neutral in the in the room, but um, I think you're underplaying a little bit how good this Arsenal team actually is because it's not about this one moment for me. You've gone on a bit of a run here of nearly seven, eight games playing teams who. Yeah generally struggle to beat over the course of many seasons, but you're putting them to the sword in most parts. You know, I remember that Brentford performance, actually, and how that, to me, you know, you went to Brentford Stadium and nobody goes there and really outplays Brentford, um, and you did. And that, to me, was like, okay, there's something about this team. And then, of course, you roll into the North London derby, your first big one. Okay, you had the blip against United, which, as you said, maybe a bit of luck that day is what didn't go your way. But I think beating Liverpool is a huge psychological. Those those players' self-belief, I can see it now, and I can appreciate how Liverpool have produced the levels that they have for so many years. You know, and maybe it should have garnished more, whatever. But as fans, we've enjoyed the ride, and it's been amazing to see. But there's a fine line between belief and confidence and momentum mm. on either side of the spectrum. Right now, you saw two sides on the complete opposite. Arsenal on where Liverpool used to be and that belief and Liverpool where Arsenal were once were in terms of that belief and confidence. And right now you can see within that Liverpool team, that's a major part lacking. So from your perspective, Rads, watching the game, obviously you saw a change in shape from Liverpool. You saw the, the going back to the 4-2-3-1 from the Rangers game. What did you make of the game as a whole? Obviously Arsenal taking the three points and um, of course Liverpool now, you know, almost down in 10th position. Yeah, look, I actually thought it was a good game, a really good game. Um, I think it could have gone either way. Arsenal dominates in patches, Liverpool dominates in patches. Tight calls, you could have had a penalty against a Gabriel handball. You know, the penalty that you ended up getting was soft. Both could have gone either way, and then 
you know, you can be talking about a different scoreline in different games. So I think that's what you expect from these big games. Um, so I actually thought it was a good performance from Liverpool, um, as opposed to some of the performances they had over the last few weeks. Uh, well, at least it's, it was a much better performance than what you've been playing in the last few weeks. Um, I think there's still problems there for sure. I think defensively, you know, I don't want to hop on about Trent and others, but I just I think defensively as a unit, maybe you know, it's not 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 as effective as they were before. That press is not creating as much as it used to do before. Um, you know, scratching my head around around Fabinho not starting. What's going to happen there? You know. Before he was like one of the best holding midfielders in the league, and now you know he's 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 deemed to not be quite good enough to start at the at the present time, and you know so I think there are definitely problems there. You know, Darwin Nunes is definitely not for me, no. But why wouldn't for me not start then in this game? You know, if you want to, you know, obviously there's a change in shape and a change in approach, but you know what works against Arsenal, and it's worked for you for a long time. You know, I just wonder why didn't he didn't he go for for Bobby and that sort of you know that that approach. So I mean, there's a few things I think. Um, obviously, Klopp's the manager; he's trying to work himself and work his team through this bad patch. And you know, I think for Liverpool, from a Liverpool perspective, um, the World Cup couldn't come at a better time for them. I think. Um, I wish it was this week. Yeah, look, it's the time to reset. There's such a big gap, but on the same side, it's like. The opposite for Arsenal. Now, Arsenal are the informed team in the league. Top of the league, playing well, confidence running through. You know, you don't want the league to stop. You don't want to have a month off and then you don't know what you're going to get when you come back, you know, because it's really like, it's like a reset. So I think I'd be a little bit, you know, cautious from an Arsenal perspective about that. I think Arsenal, like I said, I think they're the informed team in the league. They deserve to be top. Um, I, I think sitting in the Winners League, um, I think they'll end up winning it comfortably. But I also think Arsenal will be comfortably in the top four. Unless, like I say, when the World Cup's you know, is said and done, and, um, you know, whether Arsenal can pick that momentum up. Because that's, what's, that's what these, these runs come from, momentum. You know, you pull on the momentum, you pull on that confidence. So you don't want that momentum to break. You do want it to break it. The momentum is a losing momentum. So um, let's see how, how that all pans out. Uh, we got an interesting question come through from one of our listeners. And he is a, he was the former host of this podcast. Uh, Patrick, good day, mate. Uh, good to chat again. He, he surfaced out of nowhere, actually, and messaged me after Arsenal. He's a, he's a diehard uh, Arsenal supporter as well, Wade. So... He's been in torture for many years, but of course uh, they beat Liverpool and then I hear from them all. But he did ask a question on the podcast and I wanted to read out. He said, I copped a lot of stick from you last season for asking the question the year before. That is, is Salah actually the worst of the Liverpool forwards? The other two being Firmino and Mane. Salah did have an amazing season last year in terms of goals, but was too re- were you too reliant on his brilliance of those around him? When he's not scoring, his contribution is negligible. So perhaps it's time to ponder the question again, given the absence of Mane, the goals and limited opportunity for Mino, and the subsequent disappearing act of Mo Salah this season. Okay, and I, I thought about that question well and hard, and I might ask you guys, give me a, a minute or so, but this is not an issue of individual players. This is far from that. I will say and go on record and say, this isn't a blip either. This is a major issue we currently have. 
Now, the source of that issue is probably multifaceted, in my opinion. Uh, going back, we can go back as far as from, you know, when we started producing the levels that we have to last season as well, where we went all the way to, you know, competing for a quadruple, basically, and unfortunately fell short of that. But we played 63 games across that season. Um, you do know that, of course, we are very reliant on a way of playing, which forces our players to exert themselves, you know, quite a lot. So coming into this season, you sell one of your key players, Mane, another element, but not a, not a reason for why we are where we are. You bring in a striker like Darwin, who is, for all intents and purposes, a completely different player from anyone we've ever signed. You add into the fact that we then roll into the preseason and it's injury after injury to those key players. You know, Cater, Ox, all these backup players that are part of that squad are not even there. You're now having to force in these youngsters, Elliot's, Harvey's, whatever you might be, while trying to tweak in a system um, to accommodate your new signing at the same time and maybe adapt the way you play the, so that you're not so, I guess, what Carlo Ancelotti described as simple to actually understand. You know, Carlos and Chalotti had uh, words after the, the final was quite damning, I think, and maybe it made a few uh, managers stand up around the world. But he, he said Liverpool were actually quite easy to set up for. We knew exactly what they were going to do, and we knew their plan. Now, I know that, uh, what's his name, had a, a bit of a blinding goal, but for the most part, Real Madrid's plan worked, right? And they, well, that worked because they won the game. I think when you take all these little factors, um, bringing in these players that maybe Klopp didn't expect to play. You know, he didn't expect to play the Elliots and Cavalios as much as he had. And then you add into the fact that across the park, there are probably four players I can say can hold their head up high still. And that's Allison. That's probably Thiago, aside from his injuries. But performance-wise, it's probably Bobby and it's probably Diaz. The rest are completely off. You ask the question about Fabinho, man. If you watch Fabinho this year, I don't know what, I don't even know who that is that I'm watching. It's as if he's either gone completely to sleep or there's other stuff going on in his life where football is maybe, I, I don't want to be harsh on the guy, but that is what I'm seeing out there. I know he recently just had a kid as well. So as life progresses, things change. And I'm wondering what effect that actually has on these players. And then you take into account the system we play. Klopp says it. If our press is not effective up top, gents, I'm sick of hearing this excuse about Trent Alexander-Arnold and how he's exposed. You cannot expect a guy that's key attribute within this system is to be in the attacking half of football, whipping in crosses, and then somehow get back and defend the right side of the box in instances that are just... That's not how, we, that's not how Liverpool plays. It will never be how Liverpool plays. So the exposure that does occur on the right-hand side is going to happen as long as we're not producing at the top end of the field in terms of that press. So it's a ripple on effect from there that has caused us to be in the situation. And the reality is we have to reinvent ourselves because there are major issues across the park from the top all the way through to the back. And that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. I said to you at the start of the season, Wade, you asked me the expectations of Liverpool. I don't know if you remember what I said. I said, I don't go into seasons not knowing what's going to happen with Liverpool. I couldn't have picked a worse season to have said it. Because I really do not know each and every game what the actual flipping hell I'm going to see. I came into this Arsenal game and I know talking to Liverpool as well, I'm like, I don't even know what to expect. I don't know who's he going to select. I don't know what formation we're going to play. I've never said that in the last five years watching this team. So 
in a nutshell, we have major issues, and this isn't a minor blip. I think this season is actually now just make the top four and figure out a cup run or something, because that is currently where we're at. I remember, um, I think it was the very first pod that we had, and I asked you guys if, uh, if you know, if Liverpool don't perform this year, will Klopp be under pressure? I no. know you both looked at me like I was crazy, but what's the what's the point? Like, what's the point where you go? I don't think there's any point. Needs, there's no I point at so, all. So I think we'll finish fun. sixth or seventh this year. No, no, no the only the only no, point no be So next year, same league. thing, and then what? No. Like when? Okay, so yeah. this guy's just it, got credits in the bank. Trend, it's a couple of years. It's a trend. Story, yeah. right? I'm it's asking this story. because it, traditionally there is the seven-year thing that everyone's talking about, how his teams have no, crashed and burned. No, I don't buy that either. So I, I don't know. I mean, neither. Me neither, not necessarily. But he does play that high-tempo rock and roll football, you know, and it, it, it can burn players out. If you're playing like that year in, year out, he's, that's what he's done traditionally. So, And then you look at the age of the squad as well. So what are you looking at here, a full rebuild? Because I know you're saying it's not personnel so much, uh, Connell, but the age factor has to come into account it when does. you consider the type of does. football no, that I think Klopp it does. likes to play, that high tempo, high energy. It's got to catch up with players. So, you know, at what stage is it like we need to try something completely different? Or are you going in with the full rebuild now and giving him another clean slate and saying, all right, take another three years to rebuild the whole thing? You know what I'm trying you know, to say? That's a that's a great point, and I wanna I wanna answer that question because that is what I want to know. Is mm. this a mere thing of players out of form and feeling the fatigue of specifically last year, or is this a longer trend? One of the most damning statistics that have come out of this season, which has never happened before, is that in basically most of Liverpool's games, they've been outrun. That never, ever happened. Mm. Now, the question, again, I was talking to my brother, Brent, who's also an avid listener of the show, the exact same thing. Is this a merely just, you know, a, a result of last year or is there an, a lasting underlying factor here? Because maybe players like Henderson and, and even Thiago to an extent and these older guys, you know, even, even Salah to an extent as fit as he is, you know, you start having all these older players and they just can't produce the levels that they once did in terms of that press, which then affects the whole team. Um, I don't know the answer, man, but it is a it is a little bit of a nervous time in terms of what we're going to do as a team. Because another thing, and I, I'll let you have a go here, Rads, but Klopp never changes 4-3-3. Let me tell you mm. that right now. 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1 has been used in random sporadic moments over the years as a one-off. I can't remember him ever going back-to-back and actually changing the shape of a team, coming out and saying, we actually need to reinvent ourselves. Mm. So that is almost a... a, a a clear indication that maybe the players that are there aren't quite up to what's required in order to produce what we once did and a re-look has got to happen. But it certainly is interesting times at the minute. Yeah, look, if if Liverpool get rid of Klopp... No, that's not happening. Yeah, it'll be the biggest mistake they've made because... No. They're not going to hit this type of mark with another manager. You know, you, you'll be talking There's about no one out there. years and years yeah. Yeah. of trying to get right, and you know, it, it, you know, and you, you know how hard it is to get back in there, especially when Liverpool have a model where they don't typically compete with the high spenders. Yeah. I know there has been, you know, no, a that couple we of don't. Big purchases, but you know that those big purchases come with really big a, sales. Quite, yeah, big sales and quite a 
a stringent budget, you know. So they made this big sale with um, purchase with Nunes, um, and then they couldn't really dip back into the market to get in a midfielder. You know, they needed wow. to look for you know for bargains. So if you're expecting another manager to come in to and perform with that, you know, then you you, you you'll be struggling. I don't think that you know. Obviously, the unit side is is, is absolutely correct. As a unit, they're not working well. But you've got to look at the individuals as well in the unit because you've got defenders that are making mistakes that they wouldn't make before. And that even starts with Van Dyke. I agree. Van <laughs> Dyke's a shadow of himself. So yeah. they're making mistakes that they weren't making before. And 100%. Then I feel Salah doesn't have the confidence he had before because I'm used to seeing Salah run with the ball at players. And I'm not mm. seeing that as much. Um, you know, and he's not getting into the box as much. He's playing very wide. I don't know if it's. And then I, I think that maybe it's a confidence. And that's a difference. tweak of a system as well. But why is he so wide? That, that's the question so wide? we've been asking ourselves. So, so there's a lot of things in there. I mean, at this stage, and I think Liverpool will come right because of the World Cup. I think if there wasn't a World Cup, I'd be a little bit more worried for the Liverpool supporter. So I still think they'll probably make the top four because uh, I think they they are quite good at making these runs uh, at the back end of the season and getting things right. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I'd be saying. You know, we, obviously the league, we already said the league's gone, but at the moment you're thinking top four is going to be a battle because I think Spurs, as awful uh, a style of football that, that they That's play. That's effective. It's yeah. effective. You know, it's, it's actually top four effective style to get yeah, you there as far as I'm concerned. 100%. He's going to be, they're going to be top four. That, that's what, what they'll get. <laughs> they might not win anything and the fans will probably end up hating it and Conte will leave at some point and they'll be you know, they'll be left to to steward what they've got, but they'll be top four. Then you've got Graham Potter, actually, who's we know is a good manager. And if he can get this team, the Chelsea team performing, you'd think that'd be a good shot for top four as well. And then you've got Liverpool. We know what Liverpool can do. So this top four battle is going to be really, really interesting. So um, Liverpool got a fight on their hands. It's not going to be straightforward. So that's really what you got, like you said before, really what you got to focus on. But I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> you don't have to endure us uh, winning every bloody game anymore, and I'm sure a lot of people yeah, are enjoying as, the plight of Liverpool. You know, rivalry, and, and, and I'm sure you know it, know it too. Like, there's one thing when you're playing crap, but it's even worse when you're seeing your biggest rival. <laughs> there's nothing worse. You know what exactly. I mean? That's, uh, you're like, there's nothing it's worse. The it's like, you know, you can take playing poorly, but not them. Not walking with your chest out all the time. That's a, that's you know, so long long way this continue. Look, uh, rivalries are a big thing. I know when I'm looking at the the scores in the morning. The besides the Liverpool result and obviously the, uh, you know when we were competing with City not that long ago, it's always looking at the United results. I can laugh. You know that's <laughs> what I'm looking for. I want to laugh and go. Ah, they've lost to someone yeah. again. Yeah. How can I fight them? You yeah. know. Um, but right now the shoes on the other foot. We can't win a game, and it's uh, it's a bit all over the place. But yeah, I think yeah, I, I probably said it all. But it's going to be an interesting time ahead to see. I, I do believe we got to double down with Klopp. As the only time Klopp is leaving, Wade, is if Klopp decides he's leaving. Because mm-hmm. I can tell you now, I can't see the board cutting him out unless they have some big falling out and. You know, he throws his toys out and it becomes all too much pressure because I yeah. can definitely see the strain. It's like, there's some strange things happening across the season. 
you know, yeah. a lot. There's a lot more of Klopp calling the players to the sideline and on and these talks. That calamitous, like, okay, we didn't even get to the penalty, but we're not going to argue. That was never a penalty any day of the week. I don't even care about the penalty, to be perfectly honest with you. That was not a penalty, Rads. If the game goes that way, I'm sorry. The game's dead. And I'm not sure what the point of VAR is in anyway. But I don't want to take away from the fact that I thought Arsenal were going to score in that period, irrespective. Right? I, I felt like Arsenal were going to score in that, that period anyway. But if you just watched, there was about a two-minute cycle there of the world's best defender and a team that was at the pinnacle of world football a mere six months ago. And you saw the state of their defending in that period where Arsenal were putting pressure. That was like watching a relegation team swiping balls left, right, falling. I don't know if you saw what was going on, but the ball was getting booted. It was going up in the sky. It was going I was no, like, what was the like... f- oh, Sorry, I'm going to swear on this podcast, but what the <laughs> fuck was that? I couldn't actually believe what I was watching. It was calamitous. <laughs> and I'm going, oh my God, we're going to concede any second here. So, what you talking about, bro? I've, I've been watching Harry Maguire. You've seen it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I just, on a serious note, when is the last time you ever saw such complete lack of control from a Liverpool team? And yeah, that highlights... Is- Exactly. Yeah. That highlights where this team is at mentally. Yeah. You know, Valju- I think this loss out of anything has hurt them the most, uh, Wade, because I think the players believe that when it comes to these types of games, you know, the big games in the league and so forth, their best will come out. And it will come out because it's always come out. Step Go up, and then yeah. lose to Arsenal. Virgil went out, came out and said, that was a, that was a, that was a tough one to take. Mm. Our confidence, he even said it, you know, it's all about confidence and our confidence is in the bin right now. So, And it's City next. Oh my God, Donnie. <laughs> I am now going into fear for the first time playing Manchester City. And but the one thing you want to say, that, that's one of those games where for Liverpool, they'll be up for that game, surely. Well, we needed to be up for the, the, at, the Arsenal at game. At Anfield... I don't think there's much you're in poor form. You're playing, you know. Um, yeah, but Bruce, if the psychological you're talking about a team that's produced these levels, if the psychological scoring is that bad, don't matter whether we're playing City Madrid. I fear for not only the record at Anfield, but I don't, I can't tell you what we're actually going to produce, Rads. This is the problem. It's not like I've seen any version of Liverpool that's been worthwhile watching this season. I think it's a that's big the problem. I, I think I think Liverpool probably. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool had their best performance of the season against Man City. Um, and, and that's, you got that's you got made, more faith. You got Liverpool. more faith than most no, Liverpool. That still may mean you don't win the game. Um, like I said, I, I like I said earlier, that the Liverpool played okay today. Um, in in large in patches. Um, still, there's too much calamitous stuff that we're not used to seeing as Liverpool supporters. Hmm. That is a it's raising alarm bells. The, the one thing that I'd be worried about the most from a Liverpool perspective is like what you're talking about. The only way um, Klopp is, is gone is if he calls it. If this goes on for long, surely that he may call it. He's the kind of manager who, who would do it. No, he I believe so. It? That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. He may get to a point. As far as I can take, I think I'm the problem. Yeah, I can't work through it. You know, I can't but, do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that I'm actually fearful of that happening, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't want Klopp to go anywhere. I believe if, if he can sort of have that break and maybe this bloody World Cup, as to your point, Rads, mm. yeah. as much as I was hating it right now, given how we've had 
maybe it's great for him to re re-energize him and his staff, restart, rethink, re you know, get in the get in the room there and throw some darts at a board and ideas yeah. out there and have a bit of a workshop because goodness knows they need something. And I know Wade, we didn't talk a lot about uh, obviously Arsenal because I, I think they they're, they're brilliant, but there's obviously a, a major thing here at Liverpool, and it was good that we spoke about it. You finally got me on record to say that that was a this is an actual <laughs> crisis. This isn't a little blip that we're currently <laughs> going through. So. It definitely can't be erased from the podcast, and uh, we'll see how it all unfolds as the season goes on. But I go on record and say, congrats, Wade. Um, yeah, I can't take the victory away from you. And I'll tell you what, they're talking about Ireland. Jesus has been some bloody signing for Arsenal. I'll give you that. That's for that's for damn sure. He has one fox in the box, that bloke, and he is a, he's a bit of a rat bag. He just gets stuck into everything. Yeah. And I actually didn't realize how fighter. niggly he is. As, he's so as, niggly. I, I didn't think he was one of those center forwards, but he's no. that type of guy you hate to play against as a center back because he's going to be everywhere. He's going to be getting a, the, the, his body positioning from those high balls. Like he just puts defenders in two minds Everything. after the first couple. And you actually see them backing off. And it happened again against, uh, against Liverpool as well a couple of times. Long ball from the keeper, and the defenders are actually dropping back because they don't know what he's going to do with it. You get too tight to him, and he spins you, or you know he gets he, he gets into a position where it's uncomfortable for you. You're trying to jump mm. over his back. He's so intelligent, and I think he leads from the front in terms of his pressing as well, and that just filters through the whole team. So he's had a massive impact for sure. So who's had the bigger impact? You think Jesus over Saliba? Oh. That is a good question, man. That's a very good question because Saliba has been top, top, top class, he's, man. Uh, he put tears on his ass that one time too. Yeah, he's such a confident he's, um, Oh, man, that's, I, I couldn't answer that question, to be honest, Rods. I really couldn't <laughs> answer it because You're I right think in. the way Saliba's playing right now, it wouldn't be far-fetched to say he's probably the best defender in the league at the moment. You know, I don't yeah. know if you, you no, can't say that about Jesus, right? Because you've got Haaland yeah. there, who's had a yeah. massive impact. So from that perspective, man, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. It's too tough. Is <laughs> he signed a new contract yet? So good. Not yet. No, not yet. It's are you coming, worried though. about? Are you worried about it's that? It's coming. It's coming. He's very worried. It's definitely sure it's coming. coming. <laughs> they got to give him nah, a bumper look, deal. I think if we have a good season this year, if if we can look, if we can push City. Um, and be within a reasonable distance to them. Makes I think they're both well for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, or if, even if we keep going how we're going and we win some more big games and he can see the vision. Look, he's an Arsenal fan. As a kid, he was an Arsenal fan. So that bodes well. But I don't know, man. Until it's signed, it's hard. I'm definitely more confident about the likes of Martinelli and Saka. I think they'll commit no issues. But... This kid is something I, else, man. So I'm hoping we can say, climb down. I must say Martinelli is grown in stature this year because wow. he was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. But he likes I know, I know, I know, I know, Jack has scored two goals. But... Too, bro. I thought Martinelli last year, even, I think Klopp even mentioned, mentioned him in that game. Um, yeah. To say yeah. there's some play in Martinelli. Um, so I think he loves playing against Liverpool. Yeah, no, he's a good prospect. Well, good actually, prospect. I want to go back. Sorry, just you know, going on here, yeah, but we haven't spoken in a while. He has the epitome of where Liverpool is, right? We we equalize in the game. It's the 49th minute now, going into halftime. We get a corner. First thing I said in my mind is, why are we committing so many people forward when this half has been kind of 
pretty even. Anyway, we commit the people forward. And this is the little things Klopp is talking about, about people being completely out of whack. So uh, you win the ball. I think Jesus or someone gets it at the top of the box. Yeah. Thiago's literally in front of him. I'm sorry, but in that moment, you grab that old shirt and you pull him down. The move ends. Get the foul. No. Okay, so you break up the field, whatever. Now, who goes back? Trent and uh, Hendo. Great. So you got two players covering Martinelli. Brilliant. The way it should be done. But no, what do these two idiots do? Both of them. Either completely, either, and this is where I think the psychology of football comes in, or the psychology of sport in general. But when you are confidence is oozing, you're in two-on-one situation. One blocks the cross, and one blocks the shot, right? So you almost kind of angled the guy and boxed him in. No, both of them, Pelicans, run straight past Martinelli. Straight past. The goal the man scores, he's got nobody. You've got two players there, and yet they're completely in the wrong position altogether, which just highlights the poor decision-making that is going on right now. And to your point, Rods, every single one of those Arsenal goals were literally avoidable. And it's actually mistakes by ourselves that has caused the issues. And that has been going on for most of the majority of the season. But sorry to, to take it away from the Arsenal thing. I just wanted to highlight the poor decision-making that's happening in these moments. Mm. As good a goal as that was from Martinelli, extremely avoidable with mm. the right decision-making. What I've realized in football and in sport, at the top end, the margins are like this. So if Very you, yeah. you know, I was saying to like my brother today, you got a decision to pass right, left, forward, back. Whatever decision you make is ultimately going to affect the outcome of that move. And you have, your ability has to be to pick the right decision so that the right outcome occurs. And yeah. right now, your your team is making the right decisions. And of course, City do all the time. And Liverpool, everything they do is literally the wrong thing. And that's why we're seeing where we're at. Anyway, closing Powered off that segment. Riverside FM. Let's go over to some fun and maybe pick me up there, Rads, and I can get a win back uh, over to the trivia man himself, who we've all missed. What is the actual score update here? Because I think Wade not only lashed us on the field, but he's lashing me here too in the in the <laughs> trivia as well, isn't he? Yeah, it's three three to one at the moment. So Wade has got a has got a lead. So you need to come back at some point. Otherwise, top four for you is gone as well. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right, we get straight into a chance. Ten questions. First one to call it out, and um, if you're moving to delay, that's on your end, not my end. So I'm, I can only hear what I hear. So um, <laughs> next time, you got to make sure internet is laughing if you if you worried about your connection. <laughs> um, after a heavy defeat in game week four, only City, Arsenal, and Spurs have secured more points in this team. Bournemouth. It is Bournemouth. It is Bournemouth. Wait. Ironically, the team we beat 9-0 is now above us. Just to yeah, rub salt so in the damn wounds. I think they've collected 10 points. Um, Unbelievable turnaround. I think Liverpool only collected five since that time. So, Which team became the first to secure 100 wins after conceding their first goal um, in the Premier League era? So after what? going a goal, goal down... They've come back to win for the hundred time in the league. Oh, for the hundred time. United. It is Man United. Oh, for goodness sake. I think I'm still emotionally wrecked. <laughs> Follow-up question on the same topic. Who, who's just behind them with 96 comeback wins? Arsenal. It's not Arsenal. Tottenham. 
It is Tottenham. <laughs> Damn, bro. Uh, wow. Which sure, Wade, you know what? I, you know, I just want to pause there. I think <laughs> it's all got to do with the fact that now that Arsenal are performing, bro, you are, you're, you just, you're flying, bro. I'm Your mind crest, is clear. I'm on the crest of a no, wave, bro. Yeah. I'm riding you the crest no of a wave. You got no problems, yeah. He's <laughs> cool. I, I haven't uh, even cut my hair, bro. That's how moving. <laughs> you know, that might be a party, bro. So I'm tuning you. You yeah. must have losing. So you got you to gotta throw that shit out. Micro, afro, yeah. <laughs> um, which player became the first in the club's history to score in their first three games? Holland. No. Jesus. No. In the club's history, to score in their first three games. Skemaka. It's not Skemaka. Mm. Oh, Anthony. It is Anthony. Mm. Yeah, Connell his name's been popping board. up constantly. Connell is on the board. Even though Paul Scott called him a one-trick pony. <laughs> hey, Paul Scott loved throwing I was under the bus. He's a miserable cake, that He's miserable. Who was the highest scoring Italian player across the big five European leagues? Scamacca. Scamacca. <laughs> I didn't even know that I was Italian. <laughs> I can't think. I can't think of another Italian striker. To be fair, yeah, I would not have um, known him. With twelve goals in his last twelve games, including scoring each of his last four, who was currently on their longest scoring streak? Ireland. No. Jesus. No. Kane. Harry Kane. My lord. This is, this is a massacre, bro. This is, this is going a, from bad to worse. Yeah. I'm lying. I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> Who scored your seventh of seven penalties in the Premier League on the weekend? Tony. Even Tony. Wow, bro. This, he's even just, bro, I don't know, maybe you would, he saw his answers already. You this <laughs> always got clarity, bro. I'm uh, telling you. I'm um, innocent. <laughs> who became their club's top assister in the Premier League? Ken De Bruyne. Icona! Welcome back to the party. Oh, oh. For every five Wade gets, I get one. <laughs> <laughs> if games ended at half time, right? So you get that concept at half time, whatever the score was, that's the point. Newcastle. Which team would be bottom of the league? Oh, bottom. Liverpool. Liverpool would be possible. We are... There's another statistic for you. We've gone behind, I think, 14 times out of 16, the last 16 Mm, games. mm, A trend has been going on since bloody last season. Anyway. Last question. Let's see if you can put some respects in it. I think four to six would be good, but in a way it takes it. Yeah, whoopee. So we do have an Arsenal question to finish it off. (laughs) Arsenal have their best return, you know, eight wins out of nine nine games since, since the invincible, the invincible season. Yeah, right. I thought that was the question. <laughs> Who were the last team to win eight out of nine and not win the league? Arsenal. Arsenal. 
In 2007 and 2008. And it was then before that as well. It was Arsenal. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. That was a crazy stat. Well done, brother. You killed it this week. Too easy for you. This is is a walk in the park. Uh, It's becoming a joke. <laughs> it's just uh it's in the air at the moment. I told you guys we're moving different this year. So he is. He's got like a glow. If the if, if the listeners could see him, there's like this little halo glow around Wade at the minute. He's just uh, uh, he's clear. No. He's clear of mind. He's clear of mind. No, we try anyway, another well. big week, uh, another big week ahead, gents. Obviously, you know, the games don't stop. We've got Champions League, Europa League, Conference League, all the leagues happening, and of course. Big games in the Premier League this weekend. No, none, none bigger than, of course, Man City and Liverpool. Um, and of course, it'll be interesting to see. I guess you know, obviously, with Arsenal, you guys facing Leeds away from home, it's always a tricky, tricky trip to Ellen Road. Um, United, of course, with a, a tricky game against Newcastle, who just put a hapless Brentford yeah. to the sword. So, yeah, it should be another interesting week, boys. Hapless Brentford at Beach United 4 0. Yeah, <laughs> the irony of it all. <laughs> um, I'll tell you one thing though. I think I said earlier in the in in the pods, um United's best chance of the of Champions League is to win the Europa. But if you look at the Champions League and you look at the teams that are currently sitting in as Europa oh, spots, oh, oh, Barcelona, yes. Let's go Madrid, even Spurs are in there, it's like this is Good becoming luck. tougher and tougher as a prospect, yeah. but I would love, love Barcelona to be in the Europa League after all that money they spent. That would be, that would be classic. That would yeah. be classic. Wado, this week, what's your what's your expectations? Yeah, well, I'm hoping we can back it up. Ellen Road is always tricky. Um, you know, they'll they'll come at us. They'll come out and play and try and score goals. So. Uh, look, if we go there and we play the same way we've been playing, though, we should be good. But it's a big opportunity for us with, obviously, Liverpool and City playing. So someone's got to drop points there. So either way, whether people want to say we've got a title you're challenge. Starting or got to believe, four, right? you're, right, you're starting to believe. You're starting to believe. I'm actually I'm wondering, I'm wondering who I should back in this game, actually. I'm starting to I'm starting to think if I should fall more on the Liverpool Take, camp yeah, now. You know? Be careful. <laughs> nah, so I think either way it's a benefit for us. So we've got to capitalize on these weekends when you know you get two big teams playing. So yeah. Yeah, I right. actually think if I was in your shoes, I'd be hoping City beat Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely leaning more towards that way. I'm being a bit facetious, but yeah. yeah. Because I think yeah. yeah, I think realistically you can dream and think, I mean, Leicester won the league, you know, anything can happen. Man City can fall Yeah, but else. this is Yeah, but no, uh, but that's unlikely. City don't unlikely. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Unlikely. You, you yeah. want to just make sure that a direct rival for that top four spot is gone. So it, it yeah. just makes it even more comfortable. You know, yeah, and yeah. you can start singing the Champions League song next season. You know what I'm saying? Well, that would be if if Liverpool lose and we win this week, and that's 17 points at oh, the mammoth, the mammoth. I almost tart, threw up. I know? almost threw so, up when you said you that. Actually, yeah. that big it would be. Yeah, if you had said that going that into it, points, that's that's how much it is. Yeah, so it was that's 14 the lead. after this win. That's normally the lead 17. we have over Arsenal by this stage of exactly. the season. Exactly. Now yeah. the role is reversed. That makes wow, me physically ill. Wow. So it's a big weekend, but uh, yeah, oh, let's well. see how it plays out. On that note, thanks for that. That makes me feel a whole lot better about myself, Chance. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm just going to go hang myself in the shower <laughs> after that. 
Um, but yeah, I guess that brings us to another end of another episode uh, of the What the Football podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm your host, Conway T. And of course, Wades and Rads all the way from Melbourne. Don't forget to catch us on all the socials and Facebook, Insta, and of course, uh, Twitter at What the Football Pod. You can, of course, catch all our episodes on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. Until next week, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you all then. Thank you.